Are you the one sharing your HBO Go password? And do you want to get your app featured on Google? All that more, Tech 411 starts now. Your personal guide to everything tech. Tech 411. Tech 411 with Oscar Santana and Todd Moore. Hey now, I'm Oscar Santana. Welcome to Tech 411. I'm Todd Moore, and you're listening to show 104. We are back from CES, and we are ready to cover the top news of the week. Eight days in Las Vegas. Todd, are you, uh, have you been equalized to the East Coast? Do you feel normal? I caught the flu personally, but I'm, I'm, I'm fighting back. I'm so glad I didn't sit with you on the plane with that guy coughing all over <laughs> you, but I, I feel good. I finally uh, recovered. And uh, it's been a busy week, man. I hope we can talk a little bit about uh, the exciting things that that have that have happened on uh, on Google for me, being featured on Google. It's been a crazy week. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't we start with that, if you don't mind? Uh, simply because last week, while we were away at the Las Vegas Convention Center, you were cooking up some uh, big business, and I finally saw it strike when we got back in town. Uh, there's a lot to say when it comes to the Google Play Store. And in the past, um, it's always been kind of a second fiddle to your, your, your Apple iTunes, your Apple App Store. Uh, what has happened for your latest title, and how does it involve Google? So you've probably heard of Compulsive. That's my latest video game. And what was interesting, what made me think about talking about this, is there's a story um, from January 20th. Is that today? Is that yesterday? That's no, today. That would be that today. It just broke, and it said, Lessons We Learned from Being Featured on Google Play. And I read it over, and I and I read this article, and I'm like, this article sucks. Why? There's no there's no meat. It's all basically he's just wrote this article to get more attention to his app. Okay. You know what I mean? For those of us not in the know, and maybe not in the app game, quote unquote. I know somebody just threw up in their mouth as I said that. Uh, when you are featured, you can be featured many different ways, uh, either yeah. through Apple or through Google. So this is uh, this feature was in the Play Picks, which is the front page of uh, the Google Play Store, and uh, in marketing terms, you would call this above the fold. Yes, you didn't have to click through, you didn't have to tap see more. Uh, Compulsive was featured uh, right on the front page, and it was mind blowing. I didn't know. I knew I was going to get featured, and I've been featured before. But uh, never above the fold. I've always been buried down deep. This is the first time I've had an app on Google Play featured right there. As soon as you launch, you see my app. So the the amount of visibility I've had in the last week has been insane, starting with probably, I think, the initial day it got featured, it got 150,000 downloads. Oh, my God. Jeez. Compare that to your feature on uh, the Apple App Store. How does that compare? Is it anywhere near? Can you compare the two? Uh, at this point, I really can't compare the two. I can compare when Dr. Oz featured White Noise, and uh, I got almost the same amount of downloads on both platforms. So this is this was a really big deal in terms of getting getting a lot of downloads, getting a lot of eyeballs on my app. And uh, me and Katie, Katie couldn't be here tonight. She's not feeling well, just like you, Oscar. Old but flu. Uh, uh, we worked around the clock, put in at least 100 hours last week. It was so much fun. We got so much feedback. It's amazing when, you know, and, and after the, the seven days were up from being featured, we got in over a million downloads of, of the game, oh, that is uh, which is just incredible. Uh, getting a million downloads in, in a week span is is something that doesn't happen very often. And it's a really cool experience because uh, what I, what made this different than most features that I get is uh, we basically had a, had a, this open communication channel with all the people that were downloading. They were emailing us. They were writing reviews. And what's great about Google Play is you can immediately update your app. Um, it, you don't have to wait for that 10-day review that, that Apple has. So we were able to basically in real time get the feedback from people and in the next day, have a new version posted. And we posted five new versions of Compulsive every single, every single day it was featured because we were getting so much feedback. The first thing that came in was the game is great, but we need more. I want more to do. I want some additional game modes. I want uh, an untimed mode. I want a Zen mode. And, and so I spent all day Monday coding out those and we uploaded it and got it done. And then it was just, it was just a crazy amount of work. But because it had so many eyeballs on on the game, mm -hmm. 
I was able to take it to a whole new level. How did the community respond with, uh, I guess, it's the real-time uploads or real-time updates? Because you're right, with the Apple Store, it takes anywhere from four to seven days, depending on uh, when you submit. So you were actually able to do it on demand. Was the community thankful? Did they realize oh, yeah. that it was, it was really happening in real time? They were blown away because what's the other thing that's cool about Google Play is you can respond directly to reviews that have been left, and you can't do that on iTunes, unfortunately. So when people would post a negative review, we would write back, Katie would write back and be like, we're adding that mode, we're adding Zen mode, it's coming tonight, and we just we did that for a week straight. If people were asking for stuff, and it wasn't, and we understood what they were asking for. It wasn't crazy garbage. Uh, we did it, and we put it in there. And I'm just so amazed how far the game has come in just one week. But just having that that level of feedback and maintaining a, above a four star rating has been just incredible. So now it's today. I spent uh, all my time getting getting everything we did for Google over to iOS. And so that'll be coming soon, but you got to wait 10 days, you know, yeah. before it gets reviewed and hopefully published. But that was so much fun. Be being able to publish an app every single morning or every single afternoon, yeah, most likely every single afternoon. And then we come in in the morning, we read all the reviews, we gather all the information, and then we create a whole nother version based off of all that feedback. And we did it Five days in a it row. It sounds awesome. Absolutely. Uh, uh, two it questions. Was the coolest thing. People yeah. are probably going to ask. One is, how did you get featured in the Google Play Store? Um, because there's got to be. Everyone thinks it's you know. Do you know someone there? Did you meet someone there? How did that happen? And then there's probably another question there. When you get this type of traction, uh, you know, the real time response is important. But but does that translate into other platforms? Did you see? your um, your downloads for the iOS and maybe the Windows platform go up? Great questions. Uh, so number one, the how I got featured is that everyone asks me that because I've been featured multiple times. Uh, and, and it's and it's not easy. Any developer will tell you it's it's so hard to get, you know, Google or Apple's attention when it comes to posting a new app or a major update to your app. And in this case, I posted a major update to Compulsive 2.0. And uh, I and I tell this to everyone, and it's like, in order to get featured, you got to leverage what the platform is providing for you. So whatever the newest and greatest thing is that's been added to the iPhone or to the Android device, you should take advantage of that. And so Google, when I was at Google I.O., the big thing was they just released game services. And in game services, they had leaderboards, they have achievements, they have all this cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, they have Google Plus integration. So I put all of that into Compulsive 2.0. And I, I just leveraged that and I made it social. And, and then I wrote them and said, uh, compulsive 2.0 has just been released, and um, it's more compulsive than than ever with Google Play services. And I and I just kind of briefly mentioned all the features that I added. And so you're proactive. You're your own PR agency, for that matter. Yeah, man, you have to be when you're a small company like mine. I mean, no, no, I'm not. To, I'm not knocking to, it. Right? I'm just saying most people would hope that they just get picked out of a pile. But you said, hey, yeah. look, I've done A, B, and C, and D, and my app is better for it. Thank you for all of all the tools that you've given me. Uh, check yeah. it out. You write that, and what happens? So yeah, and you and I took you to New York at the Apple yeah. conference, and that's the best thing you can do is go to these conferences and meet uh, Google or Apple employees, whatever. You know, at Google I/O, I made a point to talk to all the Google engineers, and I would say, you know, can I show you something? And I, I just really would like some some feedback on my game, how to make it better, the the UX experience. And they they were just like, sure, no problem. And that's how you do it. You have to network. You have to get to know people, um, because then once you think you created something great and you share it with them, you never know what's going to happen. And that's pretty much how I got featured uh, last week. So. Uh, going to these conferences is extremely, extremely important. To answer your second question with, did it affect iOS? It, amazingly, yes, it did. Um, uh, it Compulsive wasn't even ranked on on iOS, and it shot up to the number within the top 25. So it was a top 25 board game. Jesus. Um, wow. So it didn't get 150,000 downloads, but it got a couple thousand, enough to put it into the ranking. Well, a shot of adrenaline, was, Absolutely. Was, 
And it's cool because, you know, my, my whole process, my whole thought with compulsive was how do I make it more social? How do I make it so you can share scores and achievements and, and brag about your stuff and leverage all the social networks. So it was just really cool to see that. And I think that's the reason why, you know, other than word of mouth, Hey, I got this cool game called compulsive that I just downloaded and someone has an iPhone they go, oh, let me see if it's on the iPhone. But if you're posting to social media, if you're posting to Google plus and Facebook and all Google play services, you know, that the word will spread even further. And I, I think that's what happened. It was really cool to see that. So now let's, uh, fast forward two weeks from now. How do you maintain and what's your strategy? And I don't know if these are inside TMSoft uh, secrets or you can find them in Tap, Move, Shake. But how do you maintain, <laughs> how do you maintain that type of um, groundswell? How do you maintain that momentum? I don't have a great answer to that other than I'm, I'm continuing to listen to all the emails I get, all the reviews I got. Um, just trying to make it better on all the platforms. So all of this stuff that I've built in the last week is all coming to all the different platforms. Uh, iOS will be there in a couple weeks for sure. Um, I'm just going to keep keep going forward and listening and hopefully add the features that people want and, and try to crush all the bugs that are being reported. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's like you're given this opportunity. Uh, this thing, This thing should have wings and hopefully it'll stay popular. But you know, time will tell. But it's had, a, if you're looking at the metrics, it's had a pretty decent. Is it? Is it? Uh, is it flatline at all? Is it still growing? What's? What's? I mean, we're talking about a week of prime time, like footage right in front of people's eyeballs. Like, well, how's that yeah. working for you? Obviously, not. I'm no longer on the front page of the Play Store. I'm no longer featured. Um, but you had a solid seven days. I was the number eleven. I think I was at number eleven yesterday. And I was in front of uh, Angry Birds, the original Angry Birds. That. So that was, yeah, that was really cool That's to see that. Take your shirt off and run around your neighborhood. <laughs> so, I mean, it was a great pat on the back to say I'm one better than Angry Birds for a week. But yeah, once you get out of that feature list, you usually just crash and burn. Um, and so there's going to be a lot of pullback on downloads. And I just hope that, you know, it stays relevant and yeah. enough people, I get a few thousand a day would be, would be awesome. Uh, as far as uh, games compared to utilities like um, white noise, and I feel like I'm interviewing my best friend, which I am. Uh, but if you're talking about board games and you're talking about utilities, um, a utility like white noise is something that you use to go to sleep on a daily basis. So that's something that can go viral. But uh, as far as um, your replay value, it's just it's infinite depending on how you use it and when you use it to go to bed. A board game, it really takes a lot more work to get where you want it to be, correct? Well, yeah, there's a lot of competition, too. I mean, games are the most popular download. Um, you always look at the top 100, and I'd say 90% are video games. Yeah. So, you know, to get into that top 100 list is uh, is pretty cool. I've never done it with – well, I did it with Card Counter, but that was years ago. And it wasn't cross-platform. So um, I, I I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of self-reflecting here, but I kind of – I I purposely set out last year and said – I'm going to spend a little less time with white noise and start focusing on the things that people are really downloading. And that's games. And I remember that's, that. And it wasn't. And, and then you look at the games and I don't see many 3D games. So I, the games I saw were very simple design, modern, colorful. And that's kind of where I came out with compulsive. I'm like, I'm just going to create a simple board game. And it's not going to have amazing graphics. I'm not going to have to hire a graphic artist. And you look at it, there's really no graphics in the whole game. It's, you know, it's colored boxes. It's fun, though. And it's fun, great music, great animation. Uh, but that, that was the goal I set out for myself last year. Is like, I'm going to focus on making video games that are somewhat addicting and, and social at the same time. Yeah. And I feel like it just all came together last week. And, you know, again, time will tell to see if that actually uh, continues to pan out or not. And uh, I don't know. It's just been crazy, man. It's, it's got to feel, though, rewarding in, in some sense simply because of the, the time we've spent together, you know, just uh, commiserating about business and, and uh, the time you spent on Compulsive and other games and other projects that it could take just that one feature to change the game. 
to change your yeah. outlook on 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 a passion project that you loved and you, you believed in. And this really, uh, you know, verifies what you thought. This is a good game. This is a solid game. People are loving it. You know, it, what's interesting is I put into Zen, Zen mode, right, is this unlimited um, untimed, unlimited moves, uh, that I put into compulsive. Cause that was the number one request. People don't want the stress of a timer. And really I tried to make a very relaxing game, but that timer can be very stressful. Heard that request so, in New York when we were up there with Apple. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they said the same thing and, and Google actually reviewed my app before they featured it. And they said, you need to fix this. You need to fix this. And might we suggest adding a couple other game modes? They actually suggested I do the same thing. Um, and, and, oh yeah, I wanted to tell you about that. I, I can't believe we're doing a whole show about compulsive, but, uh, what was interesting about what I did with these game modes and you'll appreciate this was I didn't just give them to you for free, mm -hmm. right? You had to work up to it. Oh, that's and cool. You had to earn them. It, you have to earn them. So in strategy mode, which is 30 moves. So instead of 60 seconds, that's arcade mode. You got strategy, which is 30 moves, uh, untimed 30 moves. And so what I did is I, I didn't just give you that for free. You have to earn these uh, achievements. You have to get the, the addiction award, which is like play 10 games. You have to get the low dosage award, which is posting um, a high score of like 100,000, I think. Or there's an or to it. Or you post your score to a social network. Or you purchase remove ads. And I did that. And then Zen mode, I made it even more restricted. I said, you got to do this, this, this. You got to post to social or you can remove ads. And as soon as I did that, and what was really fascinating, as soon as I did that, I got a huge spike in in-app purchase. Like people were just removing ads. They, ads aren't, it appears to me that ads aren't enough annoyance to get people to pay 99 cents. But if you're able to say you're going to get Zen mode, tear it, you know, tear it. Like, yeah, like a, here's a like, bonus. Here's the toy with yeah. your happy meal. Enjoy it. Yeah. It really made a huge difference. So then I had this huge spike. And then I, what it also did is it, it made people connect their, their leaderboard to the social networks, Facebook, Google plus. And I think, and then I think it's just made it even more viral. So uh, I'm, maybe I'm giving away my secrets here, but like that oh. has really been uh, a great revelation in that you can't just give everyone, you know, everything that the app can do. You got to make them build up and work towards stuff and and promote social at the same time. Well, I also look again, you know, the, for the three people that are listening, uh, I'm sure your secrets are safe with them. Uh, <laughs> what I'll say is this, is that uh, what you have proven is. And this happens in radio a lot, and it happens in the podcasting world uh, to an, a greater extent because, uh, you know, people don't respect sometimes the person that's on the other side of these earbuds or these speakers where the audience is actually smarter than you think. So just by giving them the dumb button, remove ads, isn't always just going to work that way. But if you say, hey, remove ads and you can do this, why not add, give them the added value? If, if it's yeah. something special, yeah, if it takes – maybe eight more hours of code. Why not offer that? That's brilliant. You know, it's just, it's making me rethink a lot of things in that, you know, you look at what the top grossing games are and they're all like slot machine apps. And then you witness. Talk to Mike O'Mara. Yeah. You, you witness Mike O'Mara's dopamine. <laughs> levels when he gets in front of those <laughs> slot machines, you're like, I, I am going mark my word. I'm creating a slot machine app this year. Mark my word. <laughs> good, good man. Good man. Uh, well, <laughs> congratulations to compulsive again. Look for the new compulsive, uh, update on the Google play store and the iOS, uh, your Apple app store coming soon. What do you project a couple of days from now, three or four days? When did you submit? Uh, I'm submitting tomorrow, okay. so it's going to be uh, it's going to be at so least about a week, days. yeah, seven to ten, a little days. over a week. Okay, but yeah, uh, but you know what? With Apple, uh, the new iOS, it just updates automatically, correct? Unless you turn it off. Yeah, that's true. Then you'll so be it rolls out there. quickly. But it, you know, as soon as it gets approved, uh, Amazon I just submitted today. So if you're on a Kindle, that'll be out probably tomorrow. It's usually like a two-day turnaround time. Well, congratulations, my friend. Uh, you worked hard. The only man that when you spent eight days in Vegas, he spent four of them inside his hotel room coding. Uh, so <laughs> well, well deserved. Um, speaking from brilliance to uh, the other side of the spectrum, uh, apparently there's a new most common password, and I'm blown away by it. Uh, I'll give you the password. I'll give you the headline. You give me the juice uh, because it says one, two, three, four, five, six surpasses password, the word password, as the most common password. 
I didn't know yeah. either of those were the most common passwords, period. They seem, idi <laughs> they seem idiotic or idiotic. Uh, I can't tell you how many uh, times I've just used password for an account you don't care about and you don't care if it gets hacked or not. Um, but no, I, nowadays it's so hard. But it, it is funny that one, two, three, four, five, six surpass password. I'm assuming that password, they're, they're stopping that, you know, a lot of times you try to create an account and they say, don't, you're not allowed yes. to use password. Or, or they tell you there, you need six characters. Someone, someone says one, three, one, three, four, five, six, I'm done. I'm, this is over with. The number three password is, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh so, God, no. Well, you know what happens? That's is, my password. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just, just kidding. God, it's close to that. I think <laughs> I think most people put in one through six and then the server goes, uh, no, you need seven or more. And then they put in one through eight. What does this article say? And you've been in network security for years and I, you know, you've been out of it for a little while now, but uh, you keep up with what's going on. What is uh, the logic you think for most people, especially, you know, we have these like high end, high, uh, high profile security breaches where you could be as, as security conscious as possible. But if, if the person that at, the other end of your transaction isn't security conscience, uh, you know, like Target or Neiman Marcus, then really what's the point of having a great PIN number, a great password? Uh, but you can do what you can do on your end is simple, right? Just make it as complicated as possible for any kind of bot that's trying to break into your accounts. So, so now it's, uh, you know, most passwords require at least one capital letter, one, one number, one special symbol, and it gets kind of annoying, but it's so... It's so true because this is what hackers do. They download uh, a dictionary and they just start submitting. They keep trying your account over and over. Maybe they found your email address uh, out on the internet and they grab that and then they go, okay, I'm going to just keep guessing. I'm going to see if I can guess this thing. And they'll shove the, the whole dictionary at it. They'll, you know, there are and, and programs so that do this, correct? Oh, yeah, of course. It's it's not humans typing this in typically. It's just going to be robots that are just um, just trying to guess your password using dictionaries and common things like adding numbers to the end of words. So when we come to this, you know, password thing, if you're not using LastPass by now, I mean, that's just a real issue. And for those um, who don't know what LastPass is... It's a it's a service that will remember all your passwords for you and fill them in into your browser. And there's you you only have to remember one password. So that's so it's LastPass. It's the last password you have to remember. Now it has to be good. My password is super crazy good. You're not going to be able to ever guess it. Um, but because because it unlocks all of my other passwords. So. Um, but I don't have to remember any of my website passwords except for one now. And so as soon as I log into LastPass, it just fills them in automatically. So I don't even have to type anything. And what's great about LastPass is they'll generate a completely random string of text. It's not going to be dictionary words. It's going to combine crazy symbols, numbers, letters. There's no way that any uh, piece of software will be able to brute force guess your password and I, I go up to 10 digits. They have a free, uh, with, it's a, absolutely free. They have a free version. You can pay for the upgraded version. I've seen, yeah. I've seen the nuke, uh, by the way, when I, when, when it auto generates for myself and you got me onto this, uh, Todd, as far as LastPass is concerned about a year and a half ago, uh, some of the passwords that they generate, they look like they should be launching nuclear weapons because I, I could never even think of putting them together. It doesn't even make sense. So the important thing is to generate stuff that nobody can guess. And that's why I recommend LastPass. Steve Gibson's uh, a f uh, uh, just uh, an amazing security professional. He reviewed every algorithm, everything in LastPass, and he vouched for it. So if Steve Gibson vouches for LastPass, you know it's it's a highly secure platform. But again, uh, you know, that password you use for LastPass has to be amazing. I hope you pick something good, Oscar. I know I made you start to use that because you yeah. always kept forgetting your passwords. Oh, it was horrible. I was tired of looking them up, finding them in my password keeper, my phone. I was just, and now it's nice to type in Todd Oscar forever. And then everything just comes together. You know, <laughs> everything just, I hope up it's for me. capital T, capital <laughs> O with some numbers and stuff. Uh, speaking of passwords, uh, this is breaking news. Now it's not as clear as, uh, as it seems, but it's certainly interesting that an executive at HBO says, go ahead, share your HBO Go account for now. 
HBO says they don't mind. They don't mind. CEO Richard Plepper, Plepler, Plepper, Richard Plepler tells BuzzFeed that uh, that they they know people share their account passwords, but he views it as a, as a terrific marketing vehicle rather than an obstacle. Quote unquote. What we're in the business of is building addicts, building video addicts, and the way we do that is exposing our product and our shows and our brand to more and more people. And then he says, I'm simply telling you it's not a fundamental problem. Yeah, you know what's great about this is um, really kind of to parlay this into a Netflix type of conversation. Netflix took this attitude for a long time, and you know they have their kind of governors that they've Put in place that you can only have up to like four people on your Netflix on your Netflix p- password now, but HBO Go, as far as I know, does not. But it worked for Netflix simply because you would eventually come to a place that, then this is what HBO Go is is hoping. Um, simply from reading this article, that you end up having your own place, and you say, you know what, I'm going to get HBO. I can afford it now. I'm going to get it part of my, as part of my cable package. I am mm. not going to go out of my way to hook up 10 million computers just so I can watch HBO. I'm going to pay the 20 bucks a month or the $10 a month. I want their, their programming. I know what their programming is all about. And Netflix had the same thing go on. And, and personally, I know a guy named Schmosker Fantana who had uh, his brother's Netflix password for a good year. And then he finally said, you know what? He wants to watch Netflix on his own. And he ended up plunking down the $8 a day, uh, $8 a month, and uh, and realizing how great the service was. It really becomes a kind of, instead of a want, instead of a need, a want, and now it becomes part of your own ecosystem. So I like having my Hulu Plus account. I like having my Netflix account. I like having my HBO Go account. And the fact that this man's coming out and saying that, while he may not be a trailblazer, it really is cool to hear. Well, what's not cool to hear is uh, they asked him, is HBO going to have an internet-only package like Netflix? And uh, he argues that um, it's actually not material at all to our business growth. It's uh, we're, They're not ignoring it, uh, but he's saying it's not a fundamental problem. And, and I think that's weird. And I almost think... He can't that say that, though. I think he's lying. Well, I well, that's think what I'm that saying. they're he, terrified he, of Netflix and Hulu, and they're locked into these contracts yeah. with the cable companies, but, but they want their content out there. Yeah, but Todd, exactly. You, look, you hit the nail on the head. He can't come out and say, hey, no big deal. I can't wait to break away from these Comcast and Verizons of the world. We're going to do our own thing. HBO Go or HBO in general was one of the first your, your premium cable channels to come out and really hit these platforms with their own type of mobile uh, app where it says you can get our contact our, our content this way. And they are setting the, the, the table for themselves to decide whether they're going to stay or go in the long run. But these contracts are years and years long. Now, how they'll break out in the long run, who knows? But this is exactly what you're talking about here is like if he came out and said, hey, this is our long-term plan. Uh, we, we intend to have the option to stay or leave or, by the way, just charge directly to the customer. Um, he can't say that because the cable, clearly the cable companies are going to be upset about it. Yeah, they're going to be very upset, and they don't want that, but they're locked in. So I feel like HBO's hands are tied, you know, and it's it's a sad thing. And and they're, I know they're nervous because Netflix is producing quality shows on their own. Yeah, they're becoming a little HBO. That um the latest um the latest rendition oh, of House of Cards it, is in, was filmed oh, yeah. in 4K, by the way. So if you're looking for 4K programming, it's already there. And it'll be available in 4K on the second season when it comes out. Yes, so pretty impressive. Uh, And by the way, I don't know if you've heard of Lily Hammer, but I just started watching that. I already watched the first season. That is a Netflix original. Amazing. It's with the uh, one of the Sopranos guys, and he's still kind of like a mobster guy. And I've I watched the whole first season. There's a second season. I'm still queued up watching that now. But it's so good. And I know HBO's looking at House of Cards and Lily Hammer and going, oh, my goodness, Netflix is becoming a little HBO. Yeah, and, and that they definitely are. You can see the type of bandwidth that's being used on the web. Uh, so hopefully they're prepared. It was just nice to see a big premium channel like that. You're, you're one of your staples for your home cable premium channel. Uh, one of the CEOs come out and talk about how they want you to share their programming. Uh, look, Three we, quick stories or are we out of time? No, we've got three quick stories. Uh, you start first. Go ahead. 
All right, Google's testing a smart contacts lens for diabetics. You put this contact lens in your eye, and it measures your glucose levels. Do you know anyone that would that would benefit from this kind of technology? Ah, uh, you know, my grandmother had diabetes, so that would have been nice. Uh, to well, I don't think they would have had it in her little pueblo she lived in. Uh, but it, but if somebody is in the U.S. They, or the the U.K. The, or somewhere that's first world, I imagine that you could. Uh, you could use that if if that test is is uh, I guess more accurate than other tests. Why not? This is coming out of Google X, which does you know self driving cars. They this Google X stuff is they're always doing like stuff that's beyond today. Um, but this sounds pretty interesting because this is a huge problem um, if you if you are diabetic. And so what the the contact does it has a wireless chip in it, and it's able to measure your glucose uh, levels through your tears. Um, right there sitting on, on the contact itself, and uh, they'll be able to transmit that data to your smartphone. Wow, that and then is you'll, incredible. it'll be able to alert you if, if your levels are getting low. So that's really coming out, or is that just a concept? I think, I think they've already got, it, uh, got a prototype that's working. Uh, they're testing prototypes wow. and that can generate a reading once per second. Um, they're also investigating the potential uh, for this to serve as the early warning for the wearer. So basically integrating tiny LED lights that could light up to indicate your levels have crossed above or below certain thresholds. So not only needing a cell phone, but it could alert you visually. Speaking of cell phones, uh, just quickly, let's bounce to the AT&T story. You wondered who was going to get the LG G Flex curved screen phone first. It's going to be AT&T, and they'll have it on January 24th, which is just around the corner. And, Todd, you and I got a chance to check out this curved phone. Your thoughts briefly on the phone. Uh, I, I thought the phone looked pretty nice. Uh, do I want a curved phone? Do I need a curved phone? No, I don't think so. I like the curved televisions. Do I need a curved television? I don't know. So uh, to me, the whole curve debate has yet to happen. Um, they, they say it helps the, you know, viewing and, and when you're on the phone, I thought it was weird. The sales lady that she was like, you know, to help, uh, put the, the, you know, the phone will be closer to your ear and to your it's mouth, a more offering a better conversation. And I, I just thought in my head, I well, I never use a phone like that. I use Bluetooth or, or I use headset, you know, so that doesn't work for me. And in, the, the big thing that I, I don't like about it is it's curved, so that's going to give it that additional depth. It and flexes, so it, though. Yeah, it flexes, but not you got to really push hard on it to flex yeah, like it. Like there may like, be a bulge the, in your in your pocket if you have it in the yeah, front of your pants. <laughs> there's going to be a bulge in your pocket. You know what? That I think that sucks because. Shannon wouldn't agree with this because she has the purse that she yes. always carries. But guys, we want our phones to fit into our pockets. Yeah, that's why these Note threes are no good for me anyway. No, I you know that. now now you add this flex thing. It's like having a a one inch phone in your pocket. It all depends on how much it flexes. In my personal opinion, again, we got we got some hands on time with it. It seemed like yes, you had to put a, a good amount of force in order to actually have the phone flex without. And, and you know there was that weird feeling is like when is it going to crack? It did not crack, uh, but for $299.99 with your two-year contract, I still think um, you know either your iPhone or your latest Note, if you're into that, uh, would be your better bet. But again, AT&T to uh, the forefront with the LG Flex or LG G Flex curved screen phone. Talking about phones, uh, BlackBerry just got a big win, believe it or not. The Department of Defense has approved BlackBerry's new platform and devices like the BlackBerry Z10 and BlackBerry Q10. So it's approved to be used by the Department of Defense. And I'm actually shocked by that, but uh, maybe, maybe we'll follow this a little more in the future, but maybe that's going to give BlackBerry a small glimmer of hope, but they're already hanging on by a thread. And I, yeah. I've only seen one person in, in my, in my life so far that's had the new Blackberry yes. phone and he won it at a hackathon. So I don't think it's, uh, I, this may help a little bit, but, uh, it may not be enough though. It is a government contract, a big government contract. Again, I, I don't understand it either. Last time I was in uh, Verizon store, when I was going through my Android kick, trying to find out which Android I was into, um, I saw the BlackBerry phone and I saw that it had, uh, like, I think if you signed up for and $0 would get you that BlackBerry Z10, which I, which about a year ago would have been $300. They were giving them away. 
the Pentagon may be their biggest customer. We will keep an eye on that. That may be the only thread that they can hang on to at this point. Uh, I'd like to, uh, no, there's two more, uh, Beijing. You've been there. We've been there. Yes. What did you think of Beijing? Uh, Beijing is the best place to get a suit made for a hundred dollars and the True. best place to spend maybe, I would say a day and a half. Cause you have to see the forbidden city and you have to see, uh, the great wall of China. But outside of that, uh, walking around Beijing and really breathing that air, Shave some, shave one or two or three years off of my personal life. Talk about the air quality a little bit. Okay. I mean, what, what, what were the effects on you? So, uh, you know, pretty athletic, uh, not not dramatically in great shape, but I will say that um, it felt like I, what I used to feel like when I was in college, when I used to smoke cigarettes, and you had a, maybe a rough night out and you ended up smoking somehow a whole pack of cigarettes. Every day I felt like I smoked a whole pack of cigarettes. Yeah, so you're always out of breath. Yeah, you know, tired, just kind of wheezing. And I didn't, I really thought it was just like, these people walk a lot. We must just not be used to walking. Uh, but there's got to be a lot more to it than that. Do you remember Tiananmen Square? Did I say that right? Tiananmen Square. Tiananmen Square yes, with those remember. big LED screens. Oh, yeah. I thought I thought the LED screens were big at CES. That's the biggest one I've ever seen in my life in Beijing, Tiananmen Square. So there was an article that, that says people, there's so much smog that they can't see uh, the sun setting or the sunrise. So what they do is they look on the television, those big screen TVs, yeah. and they can see it there. But they have all these photos. You got to see these photos. It's just complete smog you can't see but then they broadcast you know using their own cameras the the sunrise the sunset so that's how you have to see it that's when tragic. you're outside that's tragic and and again um you know a culture uh, the some of the hardest working people you will ever see it, it, it they are in you know the chinese culture but overall you really have to wonder of a society and look people question the us society and, and how what what capitalism is brought to us but they have really decided that they're going to sacrifice their own environment for this uh, this superpower yeah. war. The, 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 who's going to be the, but who's think, be the biggest? They're economy. thinking about it. They're thinking about this problem, and they think they might have a solution. But but just by <laughs> by broadcasting the sun the sunset and sunrise. <laughs> no, that was just one article. Okay. The, the other article I wanted to get to was uh, China is thinking about washing away the smog with artificial rainstorms. Oh, my God. How is that even possible? So what I think is hilarious about China is uh, instead of going, how can we have all of our factories reduce the amount of pollution? Yes. They're, they're taking the other, they're taking the Band-Aid approach. It is how can we just get the smog out? And so what they've come up with is artificial rain could be created to push down and absorb all of the pollution and make it wash away. Yeah, but wouldn't that just take all that, all those particles and put them into the ground, into the soil, into the right. drinking water? Yeah. I mean, they're there anyways. <laughs> uh, look, uh, and this, this, there's no exaggeration It's a here. giant sprinkler yeah, system, yeah, yeah, right? mo yeah, most of what, uh, what we're talking about here is true, and, and because we've been there, we, we've experienced it. I remember talking to, to certain individuals that weren't from China, uh, those Spaniards that we met at that one bar. It's a shock we always meet guys and hang out with them. Uh, they mentioned that their own homes have their own filtration systems for, like, opening a window. So if, if you and I were lived in Beijing, we wanted to open a window and just to get some fresh air, you don't do that. You have a filtration system that allows fresh air to come into your home because if you open your window, it's not fresh air. Right. And then there are other schools especially the private ones that have to build basically these those tennis bubbles or those bubbles that you see in universities where you have your your top tier division 1 football teams practice in simply so their kids can play outside because they can't play outside. So what we need to do here is just everyone take out their garden hose and just spray water into the air. This is their idea. This is their number one idea. We're going to we're just going to shoot water into the air off all these skyscrapers and that'll collect all of the smog and wash it away. Speaking of products, uh, moving on, uh, <laughs> I yes. would say that uh, Nest, um, and you know Nest very well, I know Nest very well, uh -huh. and if you don't, Nest uh, was the first one to come out with the smart thermostat uh, where you could actually 
for most, if I would say they, they claim it's 90% of uh, homes, you yep. could install this thermostat. My brother has it in his place. I bought it for his birthday a couple of years ago. They also came out with the smart smoke detector was bought by Google for $3.2 billion. What? No, no. I thought, really? Nest Labs Nest was for bought? an impressive $3.2 billion by Google. What am I doing wrong, man? I gotta get. I gotta build something great. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be something. made in China, apparently. I gotta get out of the app business. Gotta, <laughs> get, get Why does that depress automation. you? That just depressed you so quickly. Oh, I didn't know he got bought. I I heard the guy was like a former iPhone developer, and he just yeah. created this thing. He left. Uh, he left, and then started his own company. Uh, and this is what's this is what's pretty impressive about. A lot of these um, kind of early early employees, uh, not employee uh, clearly one through twenty, but even if you're one through fifty in these big companies, eventually uh, you end up having enough stock in the company where you can leave and start your own company. And this is a guy that did that, and he created Nest, and he came out with the Nest thermostat, and it was a big hit. And then he came out with the Nest uh, smart um, uh, the, uh, smoke detector, taking really simple things in our lives that we thought were just fine, and he made them better. He made them smarter. And now with Google's acquisition for the $3.2 billion, I mean, really has changed how Google's integrating itself, not just into our personal lives, but into our homes. Mm -hmm. But I remember when Google I.O., uh, I think it was two years ago, they announced how, you know, they were going to really get behind home automation and everything's going to be getting they introduced all these light bulbs that you could control with your smartphone. Oh, like the Philips light bulbs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they, they were introducing all these, like, Wi-Fi-enabled devices that go in your home, and then nothing happened. Like, it got me all excited. Yeah. I saw all these dudes on, on the stage with the light bulbs controlling every single light bulb in your home, and nothing came of it. Nothing. And so I think this is, this is them going, all right, this is how we penetrate the home market, and this is how we're going to bring automation because Nest is so well-received. And congrats to the, next, the Nest creator. I mean, it's a great product. Unfortunately, I fall into the 10% that can't install Nest because their thermostat is proprietary. But uh, for, for those that are fortunate enough to have a, a basic thermostat, Nest is really cool. Like that, and, and it can save you a lot of money. And this is also on the news that in, if you remember in mid-December – uh, Google bought Boston Dynamics, which is a robotics company. So really, oh, yeah. those two things, uh, big, big, big news coming out of uh, Google. And they're spending their money. They're spending their money wisely. You know, Google really needs to buy, like, a sleeping app. You know? <laughs> like, just throw some money down. Pick up a sleeping app. Maybe maybe a puzzle game. Hey, who, who knows? Who knows? Maybe a podcast. Last story that I want to talk about. It's kind of funny. Uh, you remember Kim.com, right? I do, I do. Mega yeah, he upload. did the, the file sharing uh, service. So he his new um, venture is something about music, and uh, it's called Baboom. Baboom. So Baboom, yet another. Like, we didn't have enough music services already. Uh, Kim.com is getting into the music business. So Baboom, you're probably wondering, why in the world would I go to Baboom to get my music? Well, uh, if you didn't know, Kim.com created his own album called Good Times, <laughs> and it's available for free on Baboom. I'm a fan and, of the title. I just don't know if the music is something I'm into. It sounds too much right. like everything else we heard. Well, I'm going to play it. Ready? Please. Here is, here is the Good Times. This is track number two on his album from... Uh, Kim.com. It's not and bad. So you can buy this, right, on iTunes or all the music stores, but he's going to give it to you for free if you go to baboom.com. Let you stream it for free. Yeah, but again, I think you're, it's so strange. I feel like these, and this is sometimes when, you know, you and I sit down and talk about projects, I feel like. There are other guys sitting talking about the same projects, like uh, let's say uh, the people that decided to start a Beats music uh, streaming service because they have Beats headphones. <laughs> you know, exactly. that's going to start right there. Right. And maybe they knew yeah. that Spotify was going to be there. And maybe they knew that like the, there's just 10 music streaming services right now. Which one do you choose? I think yeah. I think it's going to be for, for Kim.com to come out with it. Yeah, he'll get a few, but what's he really going to get out of it? 
He's Kim.com, though. He's put together some pretty successful businesses, even though he's been chased out of the United States for uh, legal activities that he, yeah. you know, well, copyright infringements and everything else well, that the FBI is trying to grab him for. <laughs> for what? That old bag. Copyright infringement. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, get into patent infringement. Oh, that's no. where the money is. Uh, okay, well, that's uh, that's our show for the week. Before we leave, we'll leave you with apps of the week. Uh, yes. Let's jump into it one more time. Uh, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? You have a good one? Uh, I have a great one. And I, All right, I'm going to go first then. Okay, you go first. Because uh, mine's not that great. Okay. So uh, I used it recently, though. It's called uh, This app is called PickStitch. Mm. PickStitch. So what it does is it allows you to create a collage. So let's say, for example, you're taking a bunch of photos and you don't want to post all the individual photos. You can put them together in one photo, one giant photo, collage them all together and post them up. And I recently did that with my office. Um, I, I, took, I had all these f- posters that I hung up, motivational posters. Oh, like you can do one. it. Or teamwork. No, better were, were the that. people rowing on the river in no, the morning? Not no, not that jerk. Uh, <laughs> not that jerk. I, not the guy rowing. Uh, it, it's uh, it's like it's more software. So it's like the longer it takes to launch, the the higher probability it will never launch, or oh, something okay, like that. Yeah. So it's like these little lessons that I totally believe in. Uh, it's simple until you make it complicated. Whatever. So I took all these posters and I took photos of them, and then I was able to. I'm like, I want just want to put them all in one. You yeah, know? you don't want to take because four pictures. Into, Individually, each photo wasn't great on its own, but they were all just great. I wanted to put them all in one. So this pick stitch is pretty cool. You launch it, and you can actually design your collage uh, however you want, all kinds of designs. And uh, based on how many photos you want, you can arrange them in different ways. And it's like a great – and I actually wanted to build this app at one time years and years ago, but they they knocked it out of the park with this one. Uh, It's pretty cool. Good man. Well, again, pick stitch. You said it's free or paid? Oh, totally free. Are I wouldn't free? pay for it. All right, good times. Uh, I paid for this next one, and I think it's well what? worth it. Yes, Turbo Scan. There are a handful of scanning apps out there um, on the Apple App Store and the Play Store. Uh, this one was the best rated, and I don't usually like paying for apps unless it's a fun game. Uh, I feel like paying for games for some reason in my in my psychology is like okay I'm gonna pay for a game I'm used to paying for games my entire life but for a scanner I was really 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 uh, trepidatious about this I decided to buy it for two dollars and ninety nine cents it was one of Apple's featured apps and I will tell you the way that I secure and document my receipts now has completely changed I scan really? them and I did it all through Las Vegas I have no more paper. Uh, uh, and again, uh, that's the one thing I have to figure out through my accountant if I can need these paper backups. But I have every receipt scanned and titled and tagged right in my phone with the backup right onto my computer. So it does a good job. You take the photo of it. Does it enhance it and make it more readable? Enhances it. It takes uh, that that that, uh, that maybe you, either the pen was running out of ink. It actually brings it up. It gives you different options for those hues if you want to bring them up. So it's a little a little clearer to the eye. And it also lets you create an album from your business trip. So I, for example, I have CES for our business trip. And the next business trip we'll take, I'll do that and make sure I create an album of those receipts. Dude, that's actually. Pretty awesome idea. And if anyone listening has a better app, I'd be curious. Please reach out to us. But I need that. I came home from Vegas and I've got envelopes full of paper receipts. You're the paper monster. Yeah. And and if there's a way to to not have to deal with that, but here's the here's the thing I'm worried about, Oscar. Let me tell you what I'm worried about. You tell me if it if it's a concern to you. Um, It's you know. Uh, getting that IRS notification that you're being audited um, and you hear the horror stories that the guy shows up and you've got to show, you know, boxes and boxes of receipts. Yeah. What do you do in this case? Do you print them all out or do you give them access to your app? That's what scares me. Uh, I, You know, I, again, I'd have to talk to a uh, CPA about that, but I would say that looking at, I just pulled up one of my receipts and it shows like, you know, what my last four digits of my card number was. It shows where I was, the transaction that occurred, the itemized list. What it has else? an itemized list. So yeah. it OCRs the receipt? It OCRs the receipt. So it's it's not just a photo. It's text-based. It's text-based. Oh, nice. And okay. and I, I'm, I'm telling you, like, if an accountant came and knocked on my door, I, would, I, I think he'd be okay with this because it legitimately 
this shows what I bought and if the when man it was knocked bought. on your door, you if mean the man knocked on my door and I'd feel, and it, because there's some receipts Todd that I have now that I have had to photocopy and darken, uh, as far as like how dark do you want it? So you can actually read them because after a while receipts degrade. Yeah. So I'm happy. No, you're I, right. I'm actually, I'm happy to have these, this copy in front of me. I have shoe boxes filled with receipts yeah. you can barely read. I think you, again, I'm not a CPA, but I imagine that in the long run, this will be become a, a more common practice. And I enjoyed it simply just because flying back was easier than, than taking out every single receipt and hoping that I could get a copy of it because it hadn't rubbed off on another receipt yet. No, that sounds great. So and, I, and I have a need for that kind of app. So Tur I'm going to check that out. Turbo Scan, so $2.99. Check that out. Uh, anything else to uh, talk about? Anything else to plug? Well, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Todd Moore. Um, and of course, our show at Tech 411 Show. Uh, the website, tech411show.com, went through some uh, uh, issues recently. Um, Unfortunately, all the content got deleted. <laughs> some someone hit the delete button. I'm not going to say who. I'm not going to name any names. No, let's not name names. It wasn't me. But uh, it wasn't it wasn't Oscar and it wasn't Katie. <laughs> someone someone accidentally hit delete on it, and uh, there was no backup tape. So unfortunately, uh, all we have out there now is a little little starter pack, little little one pager that streams the latest show. We're rebuilding. It's uh, it's working its way. Uh, what are we? Uh, episode one hundred and four. So that would mean that we have. Two of the 104 episodes. <laughs> now we have all the content on Lipson. Thank, thank goodness we have multiple providers uh, that we're using. Um, but unfortunately, all those uh, posts uh, and favorite. And the the really the big thing was that we had this list of favorite apps. Yeah. Uh, well, that got deleted too. Oh, I was able to save it. Thank goodness for the internet having. Uh, its own backup tape, if you will, the yeah. archive.org. It's called the Wayback Machine. So if you ever had some content on a website that you that you want to get to and it was years ago, you might check archive.org because I was able to pull it out um, when I, even though I lost everything and, and I didn't have a backup. It was uh, archived there. That's so cool. a little shout out to archive.org. What a great service. Perfect. Uh, at Oscar radio. And of course, follow, uh, and subscribe to tech 411 show on iTunes and share the show with your friends. Uh, this year is the year, as we always mention, um, that we take it to the next level and you'll see that not just through the content, but through a new studio that we'll be working out of soon enough. So, uh, that allows us to do a lot of great things. I can't wait for the new studio and uh, apologies. This, this show is probably longer than most, but we haven't done a show in a while. Oscar's been busy with, with the new studio. As soon as that gets humming along, Oscar, uh, we're going to be cranking these out once a week. Yep. And I can't wait. No problem. Absolutely. And a lot of guests and it's going to be a lot of fun simply because we'll have the capacity to do so. And that's it for our show, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you next time. Ciao, ciao. This is the sound. This is Tech 411. The preceding program was brought to you by More Broadcasting. For more information, visit us at morebroadcasting.com.